Hello, Rosetta, Edith said with keen interest. Do you have my tinctures? The dark-haired beauty reached into the pockets of her crimson skirt and pulled out three brown glass vials. Rosetta twirled them around between her fingers before handing them over to the anxious dame of the Hornbrook Manor. Thank you, Rosetta. I am much obliged, as always. With that, Edith handed over an embroidered satchel. The coins inside clinked upon the exchange. Taking no notice of the contents, Rosetta placed the small purse into the pocket that held the vials, and without saying a word, turned to go. Uh, excuse me, Rosetta, Edith said, stopping the young woman in her tracks. I have one more favour to ask of you before you leave. Yes, what is it? Her voice, though seldom heard at great length by Mrs. Hornbrook, reminded her of wind chimes, so clear and song-like. It seemed to echo through the forest beyond the grounds, even though her words were spoken in almost a whisper. Well, this is somewhat awkward for me. Edith shuffled back and forth on her feet, crunching leaves as she did. It was unlike her to get uncomfortable or distressed. Rosetta took note. Well, you know my son, Henley, Henley III? Rosetta simply nodded. He is recently engaged to be married, or will be. Again, Rosetta nodded as if it were no surprise. Edith had wanted a little more encouragement from the gypsy woman. Nonetheless, she continued. He is to be engaged to that wretched Miss Gerber, Edith went on. However, she comes from good stock and is a good match for my Henley, even though she is far too outgoing. Which brings me to my point. Rosetta didn't waver, nor did she comment on anything said so far. She stood patiently and waited. You are a woman with much knowledge, Rosetta. You have the gift, as they say. My own nanny had the gift too, which is how I came to recognize it in you. Rosetta did not move, but continued to look at Edith attentively. Well, Edith stammered, here it is then. I'd like you to find a way to lure my Henley to your hut in the forest, or wherever you want for that matter. She stopped short, searching for the right words. Suddenly, Edith stood tall and straight. I want you to teach my Henley the ways of women, she said with a sudden burst of confidence. Again, Rosetta kept herself in check, but her eyes, Edith noticed, shone the slightest hint of interest. What did you have in mind? she asked almost teasingly. Edith was taken aback. You know perfectly well what I have in mind, Edith said with conviction. Teach him. Show him all there is to know about sex and women. Equip him with the tricks of the trade, as it were. She paused to consider her next move. I will pay you handsomely, I assure you. Edith did not take her eyes off of Rosetta, carefully assessing her reaction through facial expression and body language. As if reading her hand, Rosetta did not flinch. He will need you if he's to marry Proberta, you know. Then Edith sighed loudly and stared out into the distance. Oh, my poor naive Henley. He needs all the help he can get. Just then, the dinner bell rang. It could be heard loud and clear where the two women, from entirely different backgrounds and entirely different lives, stood huddled conspiratorially at the edge of the forest, hidden from view. Edith could see Emma, the cook, looking across the vast stretch of lawn for her. I must be going, she said, turning to Rosetta, then back to the porch, and Emma, who had turned and was returning to the house. 
But you will do this, won't you? Edith Hornbrook looked pleadingly at Rosetta, and for a moment, a very brief moment, Rosetta almost believed Edith sincerely cared about her son and his future well-being. Then that recognizable smirk reappeared on her face, that I'm-not-to-be-trifled-with look. When do I begin? Rosetta asked, a twinkle in her eye.